at a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, March 17th, 2023. And here it is past the Ides of March, and many parts of the country are still feeling winter. Reno, Nevada was 25 degrees. So that's pretty cold in the, on the St. Patrick's Day uh, holiday for those people who celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I think, uh, I think that holiday doesn't get much credit because, you know, not, it's just when no, no one takes off. You still have to work. You still have to go to school. So it's, not, it's, it's just it's a lot of people are very passionate about St. Patrick's Day. Anyways, we're in the 11th week of the year. And as you've seen, it has been volatile, and it is moving, especially in the banking sector. This, that, the, by the way, the banking sector would be considered where that crash happened in what, less than a day for that for the one bank, SVB or SIV, whatever. Anyways, um, uh, that would be described as a black a black swan event, something that was hard to see coming. The speed of that crash, you know, of why that happened. But I thought that was interesting. So, but then the market is always changing, everybody. This just is. And so you got to learn to deal with it. That's what we're going to talk about. I'm Steve Pisa, and I'm here today to answer any of your questions on this podcast and radio broadcast. Any of your financial questions about strategies, decisions, where you're going to go, when you're going to retire, what age should you retire, and 401ks, IRA, whatever you want to talk about, we'll discuss it as long as it's uh, financial, okay? So that's what we do here. For those who are new to us, let me assure you that I'm not going to be pushing. We don't push anything. Um, I provide pro- uh, straight and unbiased answers to questions and we're not trying to sell you anything when we're answering those questions. Okay? I, this is not, we, we just want to provide the information. Um, and I'm, one thing we have all noticed by now is that the investing situation today, the stock markets, very different from just, a, what, two years ago for 10 years before that? You just buy and it would go up, right? That's not true. And now we're feeling that, Okay? feeling it. I do think, as I've told you before, I think by the end of the year, the market may be uh, turning itself around. I think that's going to happen. I really do. I think we, you can hold me to it, and then you can call me and tell me if I was wrong or right by the end of the year. How's that? So, but we all are here, here, here to learn some new things. I know you do. We've got many variables out there that we all have to consider not just not just the individual stock but the, the the background of the economy and what the fed is doing all those things that's what we do here okay 
So my focus point today is what are the sectors to watch for bargains and undervalued stocks? Okay, so it's uh, Brzezinski. She wrote that article. We'll talk about that. Of course, I got other things, time permitting. Um, I want to talk about the banking crisis and what, what it means for the Fed, the Federal Reserve, as far as what they're doing with interest rates and their policy going forward. Okay, also, should you invest in banks after the crisis? Would banks long-term be a place to be? I'm not talking about investing now or trying to pick a bottom. I'm talking about are, is it, should be bank sector be where, we should, where you should be based on their prospects going forward. And Warren Buffett, you know, he has four banks. He lost billions of dollars. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit. And France raises its retirement age. Raises it. Hmm. You know what their retirement age is compared to ours and other countries around the world? So we'll talk about that a little bit if we can get there. All that means only if you don't call. If you call, we won't be able to get to any of this. But if you do call, you know, I'll be able to answer your question. So give me a call. It is Friday. I will share highlights from my KPP premium newsletter as well. That's coming up about the halfway point of the podcast. So I've got all this plan for this episode of the podcast. And, of course, I'll take your live calls at 888-99-CHART. So how'd the market do real fast? The Dow was down 385, the Nasdaq was down 87, and the S&P was down 44. Not a great day. Let's go to our first caller, Chris in New Hampshire. Hi, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Oh, doing quite well. I was calling uh, with a question about uh, NYCB, New York Community Bank. Like most banks, it's down uh, dramatically. I bought some about a year ago and was wondering if it's one of those ones I should just uh, take my losses and get out of or if it's a opportunity to buy more. Did you buy it because of the dividend? Because it has a pretty high dividend. Uh. Um, originally I didn't know. I just, uh, about a year ago was reading that, you know, that banks uh, overall were undervalued. Uh, um, yeah. and it was paying not quite as good of a dividend that back okay. then. Um, obviously it's paying an amazing dividend now, but yeah, yeah. This is NYCB, everybody, New York Community Bank Corp holding company for the New York Community Bank and New York Commercial Bank offering, you know, they're operating v, uh, 237 offices. Uh, it makes money. It's going to make a dollar eight this year. Was down. That's down from a dollar twenty-three, and then rebound next year to a dollar twenty-three again. And it's a six dollar fifty-four cent stock. So it's really inexpensive. So I'll put it this way, Chris. Um, I don't know what their balance sheet is and how much you know assets they are actually exposed to. You know, ten-year treasuries like uh, the, the bank in uh, San Francisco was, or exposed to you know, it's not like Silicon Valley Bank where they're exposing themselves to all these um, upcoming um, uh, companies with the venture capitalists supported and, and all their billions of dollars kept in these banks that could just disappear quickly. Anyway, so I think this is a pretty pretty solid bank. I think. If it was me, I probably, if I don't have a huge position, I'd probably add more. That's what I kind of do. Uh, um, right. We're still, Great. the only Thank trouble you. is, 
Yeah, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. We're still in this mini bank, bank crisis, so it's hard to, I'm kind of hard pressed, but the value is there, long, but as long as their balance sheet is in order, you know, not crazy like other banks were. Here's a reminder, everybody, there are only five days left to register for the new free Talk Wealth Webinar. Value investing, positioning your portfolio on profitability, relative price, and dividend payments. So you've got to head over to investtalk.com and register. And now the Investtalk phone lines are open. I am waiting, wanting your financial investment questions at 888-99-CHART. Thank you, and I hope to be the 50 millionth download of your incredible show. It is official. As of February 21st, an exciting new InvestTalk milestone was achieved. The InvestTalk podcast exceeded 50 million downloads. How do you guys determine a value stock? 50 million. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. Hey guys, this is Josh from South Carolina. I'm a longtime listener. 24 7, rain or shine. On tough market days or during brighter moments, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to answer your questions. Our now preferred share is kind of a hybrid asset. It's part of the capital structure. You want to buy this what's on sale, and when it gets on sale, it's about $16 a share. $50 million. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. That means you'll have finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is Josh from Tampa. Um, I'm just going to ask a question about Silvercrest Asset Management, ticker S-A-N-G. I've been following the stock for a while, and it's had a bad month, down about almost 20%. And I opened up a position Monday at the lows. It's a small position, less than 1%. But I was just curious on your opinion of it and if you think I should add more or get out of it. And I was also just curious about your guys' opinion on the asset management space just in general. Thank you for the question. Have a good day. Okay, this is uh, Silvercrest Assets, A-S-A-M-G uh, is the symbol, provides financial advisory and related family office services to ultra-high net worth individuals. This is a very small company. It's a $155 million market cap. Uh, it does make money, has made money. Uh, you know, it's been very steady, but in recent quarters, sales have been down so it's a stable company, a 4.4% dividend um, at $16.30 a share, and it's going to make $1.80 next year, which is a nice bump from this this year. And this year will be a bump up from last year, about 13 18%. So those are positives pushing this stock forward that would mean that I would want, you know, you, you might want to consider it. it. Management owns 10%, which is good. But it is a very small company. The smaller the company, the higher the risk, and that would the one thing that would turn me off is how small the company is. Appreciate the call. 
888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. My focus point today concerns the story behind the question, what are the sectors to watch for bargains on under for the undervalued stocks? So this is an article that I picked up uh, uh, written by Susan Dzbrinski, and she was she's the, the undervalued stock she's picking. And un, the, remember, you can use any criteria you want to determine value. Okay, you can empathize em, emphasize this one characteristic of the company over this other, and you could say it's, yeah, it's undervalued. So. You got to take everything with a grain of salt when they say the most undervalued, based on their their assuming what on how how do I come how to con- configure that number. Well, they took a list of 128 companies they liked, uh, and part of that is from the Morningstar group, uh, and they want, looked at them and said these companies have significant competitive competitive advantages. They're very stable and are growing. Now, what are some of the 10 companies? Comcast is the top of their list. Taiwan Semiconductor. Roach. Walt, Roach, you know, that's a drug company, right? Everybody knows that Roach is a Switzerland drug company. Walt Disney, okay? Equifax, TransUnion, International Flavors and Fragrances. I bet you most of you probably never heard of International Flavors and Fragrances. But they've been around a very long time, and they do have a very stable uh, business that is going to hang around. So that, so I just want to warn you, this, this, I have no problem with this list. I kind of like some of these stocks quite a bit. But I do have a problem when, Pete, when, you, when you will read the 10 best of this or that when it comes to the stock market, that you have to understand what they consider best. How do they determine that best was, or meets the criteria? What is that? What? Low PE, stay, you know, uh, pays a dividend, paid a dividend in the last 10 years. What? What, are, what criteria is it? So that, don't ever buy a company just because it's on a best list, okay? Do your own homework. You can do it. It's not impossible. It just takes time, but it's kind of fun to do. So I would consider that. Okay, 888-99-CHART. I want to talk about, remember, I'm going to talk about the banking crisis and what that means for the Fed and their fight against inflation. Uh, you know, Should you invest in banks after this crisis is over? Long term, I'm talking long term. Should that be someplace you want to be? And France changes its retirement age. They increased it, which surprised the heck out of me because France usually you know, is not that kind of, and not that kind of government, you know, to to take away some benefits from their from their citizens. And remember, the citizens may not put up with it. So, yeah, they they're pretty they're pr- pretty boisterous. Jess and I are thankful for your podcast support and our free downloads will continue. I want to make you aware that there are two other ways you can find our material and unbiased guidance. InvestTalk has a YouTube channel and an Instagram following. We're building out more and more content on these things, so go to YouTube or Instagram and search InvestTalk. Remember, there's two T's in InvestTalk. And please tell your friends and family and everybody you know. The Investor phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART.
Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, my name is Jerome. I'm calling from Massachusetts. Thank you for everything you do. I'm a new listener. I'm actually trying to be a new investor. I've been trying to get information. And I'm pretty sure you've probably tackled this before, but I'd be grateful if you could just, again, talk to a new investor, just a couple of highlights on what we need to do. I know for sure that I've been advised, make sure you've covered uh, your dates. You don't have any major outstanding loans, which I've managed to do. You, you have an emergency fund on the side, which I'm building. I've had somewhere that it should be about $3,000 minimum, or at least three to six months uh, of your salary. Anyway, I am building that. So I now wanted, I think you're getting to the actual investing. I would appreciate any tips or ideas on, you know, what steps to follow, what to look out for. Um, I need to be looking out for as I actually get into the actual investing process. Thank you very much. As a beginner, you probably should stick with indexes until you, you know, become much more informed about how to evaluate stocks. And I, when I say an index, like you can buy a, what's called an exchange-traded fund of an index like the S&P 500. Several of them. You can buy also the Dow which is 30 largest stocks, well, maybe not the largest stocks in the, in the index, but 30 very, very large stocks. Our, the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ is 100 of the largest Na, uh, companies selling on the NASDAQ exchange. There's two main exchanges. There's a New York exchange and the NASDAQ exchange. So um, the companies have been listed on one or the other. Um, so you start with the indexes. That's what I would do. That's what you probably should do until you become much more familiar with uh, investing. You open up an account at any of the big houses, the discount houses, and say, I want to buy an, in, an index of the S&P 500. Uh, or you just give them the symbol of the company you want to buy, and you can do your trade yourself, depending on who you go with. Anyway, that was a great call. Thanks for I appreciate that. I really do. Okay, 888-99-CHART is our number, everybody. Time to give us a call. Now, have you, if you've thought, sat back and thought about this mini banking crisis that we are over with or still in the middle of, I don't have any idea yet. No one knows. You only look backwards. But this banking crisis is helping the Federal Reserve fight inflation. Now, how, how is that? Well, they've already, everybody's used to speculate, everybody meaning the investment community out there, that they, that the Fed was going to raise a half a percent. Now everybody thinks they're either going to raise it not at all or 0.25%. Why would the Fed do that? Because the Fed knows the economy will slow down. What do you think these banks are going to do? You know, they're, they're looking at their, some of them looking at their balance sheets, oh, oh, crap, we're in really big trouble. They could continue to be certain, you know, runs a certain bank. So what they do is, well, we got to tighten up our standards. If we get through this crisis, we got to tighten up our standards. So the thinking is, well, if you're going to tighten up standards, that will slow the economy. And slowing the economy is what the Fed has been trying to do so they can uh, get rid of inflation or at least reduce it. You know, that's that's the theory. So so uh, So the bank crisis is helping the Fed. Now, also, one thing, does this mean that they're at a peak of raising interest rates? I think that's, that they might very well be, depending on uh, 
What else happens from the next week or two? Remember, they're meeting next week. We're going to have this numbers next week. But looking forward, they're going to, you know, really consider whether these, this main crisis really is going to, you know, cause a, a, a real contraction or not in the economy. We'll see. We'll all see. On Fridays, I generally make time to do a quick rundown on the key benchmarks, numbers. Two-year Treasury yield, 3.94. Last week, it was 4.68, if you remember right. So it dropped down to 3.94. So, you know, and of course, a little over a year ago, it was, point, it was like a half, a half of 1%. So, 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 you know, it's gone a long ways. The 10-year Treasury yield is 339 Last week was 3.73. So uh, that's the 10-year. Okay, and remember, they were paying, what, uh, about 50, I got 57 weeks ago, they were paying 1.98%. Now they're paying 3.39%. So when the Federal Reserve raised the rates over these over this last, you know, so-so time last year, that is that increase in rates has put a lot of pressure on banks who have ten-year treasuries. They thought they were buying safe things, but if they did, they buy too many. You didn't spread it along the risk curve. There's you know the risk curve meaning by one year, two year, five year, you know, seven year, ten year, whatever trades are out there. So you can you know you don't expose yourself to any one sector. But those who did have lost billions for their bank. Because of the value of bonds go down when interest rates rise. Interest rates go up. The value of the bond you're holding while interest rates are rising, if that goes up, the bond value will go down. Just remember, that's how that works. Gold, $1,980 an ounce. We really had a good, good, good week because of the fear factor. Remember, what drives gold? Fear, the dollar, U.S. dollar value, uh, uh, wars, insurrection, that, that drives gold. So fear about the banking sector drove it this week. 888-99-CHART, everybody. We're heading into a break. Our phone lines are open. 888-992-4278. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Taylor in Philadelphia. Is it cold in Philadelphia, Taylor? Uh, it was pretty nice yesterday. It's cooled off a bit today. How about in California? Well, it's been pretty chilly. We've had a pretty cold winter for us and wet, which yeah. is really unusual for I'll Southern California. <laughs> cold for you is probably still warm for me, Steve. Yeah, Trump um, died probably is. <laughs> So I was calling today, uh, we recently did a rollover IRA for my wife's 403B, so it's effectively okay. tripled the funds that we're able to direct ourselves. Um, okay. So it's a big lump of cash right now, and as we start to take some bites into the market, I wanted to kind of get your opinion on a strategy about sectors uh, that we should okay. be thinking about for 2023 to start ripping off some, some pieces. And then uh, I was thinking of SPSM. Uh, the S&P 600 small cap as a good place to start. I want to get your opinion on that. I actually have no problem with that. Uh, I'm not sure we're done with our bear markets push yet because of this little banking thing going on now. But I do think this this is the year that probably you want to be buying into stocks before the end of the year. I think by the end of the year, the market will be in a bull phase. So, uh you know, start put dipping your fingers into value sectors. I have absolutely no problem with. It. I think that's a, a a smart way to go. So yeah, you got a thumbs up from me, Taylor. Good thinking. Appreciate the call. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Okay, should you invest in banks after this crisis? Let's say that crisis is way behind us now. Uh, we're two months afterwards. Everybody's calmed down. Then is it? Should you invest in banks, period? Not by whether they're good value or bad value. I'm not talking about that. I think the whole banking sector, and my opinion is, is somewhere I don't think I want to be for a number of years. Why? Because of the banking crisis and the fact that the U.S. government is backing up all these banks, all the banks, all the deposits. Forget about FDIC insured stuff, except for you and me, of course, in a little small bank we might be using. FDIC insurance is all we're going to get. We're not going to get backed up. But because of these are all big, pretty big banks, pretty big, not all of them, some, but because they let one go. Uh, but uh, the Federal Reserve, I mean, the U.S. government is going to pass more rules and regulations, more of them. And I think it's going to constrict profits constrict them sales. I think the banks themselves are going to constrict now this next year for the next 12 months because they're nervous about their the capital structure and they want to you know make some moves and be more conservative. So then you're going to have the government I think because they're backing up they're already nas kind of sort of nationalizing the banking industry with this move. So what makes I just don't know I don't think I have any faith that they won't Board. I've seen this many times. They go overboard with the rules and regulations. It's going to really constrict growth for banks. So, you know, unless it's one of the really big international type of banks that pays a really nice dividend, I probably won't be interested in that sector. Anyway, so I thought I'd pass that along. Okay, let's go to Edgar in San Diego. 
Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Oh, sure. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Steve, I've been uh, keeping my eyes on uh, Pioneer Resources for almost about a little bit less than a year. And uh, uh, I believe, you know, it has a lot of potential and has a good dividend. What is the entry point? Now it's coming down. Looks like it's getting very close to uh, 52-week low. Yeah, I think that that looks like a good entry point. I'm I'm with you on that 52-week low because it looks like it went down there before, hesitated. I so saw that. What what is that number? About 170. Okay, somewhere 170. Right now, it's selling for 182. Um, everybody, we're talking about Pioneer uh, Natural Resources, engaged in exploration and production of oil and gas in the United States. What well, it pays. A 15% dividend. I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that, but they have cash flow of $43.75 a share. That's huge. Now, they're going to make $23.30 this year in earnings, $23.65 next year, the estimates. So this year's is down, and next year's is flat. So, you know, but, you know, you, you buy this because of where they are, because I like that sector, engaged in exploration and production of oil and gas in the United States, uh, because they're still growing their sales. They're, they're very low P.E. They're at a six P.E. ratio. Uh, return equity is 34%. These are really huge and safe numbers. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of like it. You know, if it fell more and it fell next support, probably be about 140 something or 140 ish. I buy more. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Edward. What if it goes down? So suddenly going south. It was yeah. like it was what uh, above 200 about a month ago or so. Yes. So it's in a, it's in a bear market phase now. It has been for almost uh, nine months, you know. So it's gone down, up, down, up. It's just you know that's what how the market works. But it's really inexpensive. So on a value basis and a dividend basis, if you just be patient, you'll make you'll make a great return on it. They paid if they pay fifteen percent next year and they had it for two years. That's thirty percent on your money if they paid that continued that fifteen percent dividend. And they had no reason not to, because it's they're making a lot of money. Yeah. So, anyways, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, the premium KPP premium newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow morning. Uh, in the market condition section, there's only four sections, everybody, and I'll talk about the market condition sections, which is the first section of the newsletter. We had another week dominated by fallout from the ongoing stress on regional banks, and markets were set to post a weekly gains, weekly gains of 2.5% about halfway through the trading day. The big news over last weekend came in the form of government response to the Silicon Valley Bank collapse. In order to restore confidence and ease worry regarding safe the safety of smaller banks, the regional banks, the Treasury Department announced a plan to backstop all deposits at SIVB and, and the other SBNY, as well as create a new uh, lending facility to banks that may be facing liquidity issues. So that's what I meant by the government is backing up all the banking sector. And 
I'm not convinced that, you know, that's a place you want to invest. Now, also in the newsletter, the banks on Wall Street took matters into their own hands on Thursday as some of the nation's largest banks announced that they would be depositing around $30 billion in the First Republic Bank in order to shore up confidence in their deposits. So even the biggest banks got involved with trying to uh, stop this panic, little panic run. Okay, so that's not unusual. And to me, you know, I, we saw in 2008 when we had the previous banking crisis that the federal government stepping in and buying banks and making new rules or regs. And this time it's even, you know, back then they increased just the, uh, I think the insurance on the FDIC insurance to 250 from 100. And now it seems like it's unlimited, but probably only for the banks that matter, not the small ones. Probably not. Also in the newsletter, the CPI PPI number were released this week. Inflation rose month over month, but was in line with expectations. CPI rose 0.4% for the month, putting the annual inflation rate at 6%. It is worth noting that most, if not all, of the recent inflation prints have been the result of the cost of shelter and base effects. Shelter and base effects. Okay, additionally, the Producer price index, which gauges wholesale prices, slowed to an annual growth rate of 4.6%, producer price, so at the producer level, significantly lower than both the 5.7% print in January and 5.4% estimate that the economists surveyed expected. So, not too bad. It looks like maybe we have a peak in the inflation rate, hmm? which is, you know, it's fine. We expected that. It, you know, it's not going to go up forever, right? We knew, you know, with the Fed raising rates last year very strongly, we knew it wasn't going to, you know, economy wasn't going to be pushing inflation higher. So, anyways, sector, stock idea sector, a company that develops and manufactures generic pharmaceutical products sold across the world. The company specializes in low-cost, easy-to-produce, small, molecular, generic drugs and active pharmaceutical ingredients. So um, you'll have to figure that out. The company's sales are well dispersed across North America, India, and other emerging markets. It's extremely liquid. So, you know, the stock has recently bound off a, uh, a, a low. So... The other one, the world's largest supplier of semiconductor manufacturing equipment, providing materials, engineering solutions to help make nearly every microchip in the world. The firm systems are used in nearly every major process step, with the exception of lithography. The film has the broadest product portfolio and offers customers the closest thing to one-stop shop, the company has a healthy balance sheet with a debt-to-equity ratio of 4.46. Semiconductor sector should also have a nice tailwind. So, you know, from that, you know, the tailwind from the chips or the, so that, the, um, the Chips and Science Act passed by Congress, whether it was $4 billion, no, four, a lot, a lot of money given to the chip sector for, you know me, I, I don't like that. Didn't like that at all. Okay, let's grab another question caller. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin, just had a question for your podcast. Love your show. I'm interested in ticker symbol DA. 
RR Carrier. Let me know your thoughts, and uh, I'll be listening on the podcast. Thank you. Carrier Global Corp is a very good company. It designs, distributes heating, ventilating, air conditioning, refrigeration, fire security systems. It's a $36 billion company, so it's big. It's really big, uh, especially for the sector of the market. I mean, they're they're one of the leading, if not the the leading uh, maker of those things or distributor of those things. Uh, they're going to make $2.56 this year. That's up 9% from last year. And then another uh, 11% gain next year to two eighty four. It's a $43 stock. Okay, $43 tells you that it, the, the P.E. ratio is, you know, not cheap. Okay, uh, around 19 or so. Uh, and its range, five-year range, is 6 to 28 on the P.E. ratio. So it's, you know, it's right in the middle of that or middle ish. And so it's not a cheap stock. It pays 1.7% dividend and the sales growth is not very strong. In the last four quarters, it's been kind of on the negative single digits. Uh, and, you know, in a slowing economy, this company will slow dramatically. It's uh, attached to the economic cycle. The economy is growing, it grows. The economy is shrinking, it shrinks. So, you know, I'm talking about its sales. So that's it's a still a very good company. Return equity is twenty eight percent, which is really high for a thirty six billion dollar company. So I kind of like it, but it's not now. It, you know, it has to get a lot cheaper for me. Okay, you probably noticed that Justin and I are very happy about receiving fifty million podcast downloads, right? To celebrate, KPP Financial is giving away fifty free subscriptions to the KPP Premium Newsletter. This is our 50 for 50 million. Thank you for helping us exceed 50 million downloads. So if you'd like to get a chance to win the free newsletter subscription, just follow Invest Talk on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Then be sure to like or and tag three friends on our 50 for 50 million post. It's pretty easy. We'll be picking 10 winners each week for the next two weeks. So follow Invest Talk. And also tell your friends. The prize, if you win, is a one-year free subscription to KPP Premium Newsletter. It comes out weekly, bringing you financial news and commentary and a couple stock ideas. The the newsletter is normally about $199 a year. But you can get it for free if you win. So why not take the shot? Just follow Talk on social media platforms like, again, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Then be sure to like and tag three friends on the 50 to 450 million post. Okay. This is Talk, everybody. Hang on. More questions are coming up. Mark your calendar for Wednesday, March 22nd from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. You are invited to a new KPP Financial Wealth Webinar. Value investing, positioning your portfolio for profitability, relative price, and dividend payments. Be sure to tell your friends and family members about the new KPP Financial Wealth Webinar. It's free, and you can register now at investtalk.com. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we we'll have one goal here, everybody, as you know, to help you achieve financial freedom. So we want to do that for you. And our work will continue right after this break. Get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART.
Everybody wants a secure financial future. That means you'll have finance and investment questions. Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Crystal in San Jose. Hi, Crystal. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question uh, regarding Devon Energy, DVN. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like it has... Um, Came down quite a bit, and I do. I want to know if you think it's a good value to get into. I actually I do. It is a very good company. As far as the health of the company is very strong. It's $30 billion size. Uh, Devon is symbols DVN, Devon Energy Corp., engaged in exploration and production of oil and gas and natural gas in the United States and Canada. So, you know, that I like that sector already because there's a lot of value there. They're going to pay. Um, they're paying eleven, almost eleven percent dividend right now. Huge dividend. I don't know if they can keep it up, but they have the cash flow to keep it up. Eleven dollars and seventy-four cents a share, which is very large. Return on equity is very good at fifty-four, and uh, you know it's a forty-six dollars stock, and we're going to make seven dollars and twenty-seven cents next year. So that tells you it's what a six and a half, seven PE. And its range is five to one hundred twenty-five, so it's at its low on its PE ratio. I, I, I like I like Devin. Yes, it's come off uh, a high. Uh, let's see, what was their high? Seventy-eight dollars and eighty cents back in October, late October, early November, and you know it's come way down to forty-six from there. Well, how far down is down? How f- I mean. I think it's getting pretty close to being a bargain enough with that dividend yield that people are going to start buying it. So, yeah, I kind of like it. Thanks, Crystal. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, uh, France. France today decided to raise its retirement age for those people working for the government or or if you're collecting benefits from the government, like our Social Security. They raised it from 62 to 64. It was kind of like an announcement by the president that was in France and kind of took everybody by surprise. And I don't know, you know, their citizenry are a pretty active group. They may be protesting that. But one of the problems is, just like us, they're spending more. They don't have the money. They've spent all the money. They, they, it's a big hole for the government, and they're trying to fill it. Just like we have that same problem here, maybe not as bad. Do you know what our retirement average U.S. retirement age is? 64.9. Okay, so almost 65 years old. Indonesia, 68. Okay, 68. I think that's the highest in the in the world, 68 years old. And Saudi Arabia is at 60, 60 years old. So, of course, you know, they have get lots of money from oil. The government is super wealthy, and it's one way to keep people happy, give them money, right? So, anyways, that's France. Also, did you see what Warren Buffett did? He bought more Occidental Petroleum today. Eight, not today, this last week. Eight million more shares. Remember, that's one of you know one of the one of the companies he added. I think it was last year and added in a big way. Maybe a couple of years ago. Now Warren Buffett also owns four banks, so he really took it on the chin, losing billions of dollars, not hundreds of millions, billions of dollars on his four banks. A lot of good because of that yeah and of course he you know he he doesn't buy just you know, he buys pretty safe banks he's pretty pretty astute about doing that so 
but you know that's where he lost a bunch of money, and that's why you diversify your portfolio. Remember our rules. We have rules. We don't like people to buy more than three to five percent of any one stock in a portfolio, not more than eighteen percent or so of any one sector. You know, you can go up to twenty, maybe twenty percent of your portfolio. So you know, there's rules that you should establish for yourself that you're comfortable with. That makes sense to properly diversify the portfolio, you know, to get it in enough stocks. And how many is enough? Well, I, you know, I think around 15 is kind of the minimum. You, you could own a few less, but they have to be really high quality. But around 15, we like to own 3% of any one position, so that gives us 33. But you probably won't have time to watch that many stocks and keep up with the news and all those companies. So, we do. I'm Steve Pease, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. So get your downloads anytime, everybody, and get it at iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. Remember to follow us on Investop. On our social media, we would really appreciate that. You might win a free subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. We're going to give away. We're going to give away more. All you have to do is like and tag three friends on our 50 for 50 million post. That's all you have to do. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your weekend. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.